0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Colin Urquhart. What do you want of the Lord? That's a simple question, isn't it? Uh, I felt God was telling me to ask you that question this morning as if the Lord is saying to you, what do you want of me? Now, I've always found that when God asks us a question, it's not simply that uh, he wants an answer from us, but he is saying something to us through the question. If you notice in the Gospels, People often ask Jesus questions and frequently he didn't answer the question except with another question. When people questioned him, he questioned them. Now I suppose we could all tell the Lord a whole list of things that we want of him. But I think what lies behind the question is a great truth that God is wanting us to understand it's not what we want of him that really matters, but what he wants of us. And I think sometimes, you see, when he poses a question like that, he is saying to us, where do your priorities lie? We know that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that we are to seek first the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God. We've been praising God that he reigns. That if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else will be added to us. In other words, whatever we want, whatever we need will be given to us so long as our priority is to seek first the reign and the rule of Jesus Christ in our lives. Now, those of you that have been following the daily devotions will know that in the last few days, we've been talking about the kingdom of God and how the church of Jesus Christ is to reveal the life of the kingdom and how every one of us as members of the body of Christ have a responsibility to God, to ourselves, but also to all the other members of the body of the church to ensure that we are fulfilling the part that God has for us to play in the outworking of his will, of his kingdom purposes in the church. You see, God would not have made you a member of the body of Christ unless he had a purpose for you. And in the devotion for today, we're concerned that every one of us discovers that purpose and fulfills that purpose. The Scripture is clear that there are varieties of ministries within the church, but they all have this same purpose, to fulfill the plan and the purpose that God has for us as individuals, but also for the whole body of Christ in the world. Now, all of us are concerned about the state of the nation in all kinds of ways, not only because of this pandemic, but for other reasons as well, because we see in our society so many things that are applauded that are really alien to the Word of God, alien to the the will of God. But at the same time, we have to understand that The spiritual state of the nation is the responsibility of the body of Christ in the nation. That we are to be the light of the world. We are to be the salt of the earth. We are to be the city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And we can pray for the nation and and ask God to do whatever he needs to do in the life of the nation. And rightly so. But at the same time, that means that God has to fulfill whatever he wants to do in us and through us because he has made us as the body of Christ. And I I include, of course, not just kingdom faith, but all those that are born again, all who are part of the body of Christ. He gives us that responsibility to be the good leaven in the lump So, the state of the nation, in a sense, is the responsibility of the body of Christ, of the church in the nation. And that's a clear indication that if there are things that need to be done in the nation, then there's things that need to be done in the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can then be the effective instrument of God in the nation that he desires. So, Every one of us is part of something that God is wanting to work out in our personal lives, in the church, but also in the nation. In other words, we as individuals are to play our part so that the church of which we are a part, the congregation, the local expression of the body of Christ of which we are a part, can actually influence and have an impact on the world around us. Now, when we pray for the nation, what are we praying for? We're not just praying for institutions. We're praying for people. Yes, we pray for the government, but the government is people. We're praying for people. And we we recognize that that, uh, apart from God, we can do nothing. And that unless a man is born again, unless a person is born again, he does not have the Spirit of God living within him And therefore, he is dependent only upon his natural resources and he doesn't have the supernatural, spiritual resources of the Holy Spirit to enable him in whatever his calling is in the nation. It's not just the leaders of the nation. This is true of all the people in the nation. So what is in the heart of God? What does God really want? Well, there's there's a, a, a grief really in the heart of God. He says that that the the whole of creation is in travail, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And we are those sons of God that are to be revealed. And the nation will continue to, to, to groan until there's such a move of God among the people of God that the nation gets impacted in the way that God intends. So it's imperative that we allow God, that we want God to do in us whatever He needs to do so that His will can actually be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Now that's something, of course, that has to begin with us as the body of Christ, but it's something then that is going to extend and and have impact upon the world around us and We should not rest as Christians until we understand that what God is doing in us is actually having an impact, is actually making a difference in the nation. So when God says, what do you want of me? Really the answer is, no, Lord, it's what you want of us because what I want of you is, is, is to do in me whatever you need to do in me so that your plan for my life as part of the body of Christ can be fulfilled so that we as a body will really make a difference. Now oh, We often talk about that, we, we can pray for that. Lord, we wanna make a difference. And God's response to that is, well, I want you to make a difference. But I don't want that to be words. I want it to be effect. I I want it to happen. I want you to really make a difference. And that's when, you see, we see our smallness before God. We say, well, Lord, what can we do? What can we do to change a nation of millions of people? We can't do do anything. It's up to you. And, And God says, okay, well, what do you expect me to do? Wave a magic wand over the nation so everything changes? Or do you expect me to work in and through those that I have called, that I have transformed, to whom I have given my spirit, that I will work in them and through them to make a difference in the nation? And then we realize, well, the responsibility is ours as the body of Christ. It's ours as those whom God has called and chosen. That that we are in his hands so that he can use us and work through us in the way that he desires. You know, there is a sense in which we are the army of the Lord. When you, when you look around at the body of Christ, you think, well, what an army. <clears throat> but you see, it's what is in the hearts of people that makes a difference. And within each one of us, no matter what we look like from a human perspective, within each one of us is the spirit of the living God. It's the same anointing that was in Jesus Christ. And it's time for us to lay hold of everything that God has given and everything that God has made available to us by that anointing. This is what this time of seeking after God is really all about. We're not seeking to find Him because He's already found us. What we're seeking is His will to be outworked in our lives. So God has been doing a lot of pruning in our lives because Jesus, when He's talking to the disciples, describes Himself as the true vine and they, the branches in the vine. And He makes it clear that the purpose of every single branch is to bear fruit. So every single one of us that belongs to the body of Christ, every single one of us that is is born again, every single one of us that is a Christian, every single one of us, that has the spirit of the living God within us, we have a part to play, we have a responsibility to fulfill so that the purpose for which God has called us and saved us is going to be fulfilled completely in the way that He desires. Now, all that is fairly straightforward, but How is this actually going to be affected? Where do we begin even? The whole thing begins with where you put your focus. You see, what do you want me to do for you? That's a very valid question, but the emphasis is still on ourselves. But when we say with a question back to the Lord, what do you want of me? Then we're putting the emphasis on Him. And then when He talks about us bearing fruit, that's not that we can just be blessed ourselves because if you think of yourself as a branch in the vine, the fruit is the bunches of grapes, but the bunches of grapes are not for the branches. The bunches of grapes are so that others can come and gather and take those grapes and eat and consume of them and be blessed, edified, because these are spiritual grapes. So the fruit that we're producing in our lives is not for ourselves. It's not even for the other branches because the other branches don't come and eat your fruit either. The fruit, of course, is for the glory of the Father. He's the one who tends the vine. He's the one who prunes it. He's the one who causes that the fruitful branches of the vine will be even more fruitful. But you see, what God wants us to understand is the fruit is for the world. The fruit is for those who don't know Christ. The fruit is for those who are outside of this vine, outside of this body. Now, I believe that during these days, God has been taking us through a whole process of personal revival. And having been through this process myself a number of times during my long ministry, I know that this is a question of surrendering, yielding, turning to Christ in one way after another. And each day during the devotionals, we've been doing that. So something is building up within us. And perhaps more and more of you are coming to the point where you are beginning to cry out to God and to understand that the nation is not gonna be changed just by nice prayers for the nation But by a people of God who are so alive with the love and the power of God that they make an impact on those all around them. So let's agree then that the fruit is for those who the Father will send to take hold of that fruit. Those that he brings, those that he draws to himself, to the vine. You see, we are to be light and light attracts, draws people out of darkness. So it's imperative that we bear the fruit that God wants us to bear. But um, what, what is this fruit? It's not just what we do. It's not even just what God does through us. It begins with understanding that the character, the character of God is being reproduced in us. That the the fruit of the vine, like the branches of the vine, reflect the one who is the vine, Jesus himself. So what God is doing is is what He promises to do in Scripture. He is transforming us into His likeness with ever-increasing glory because the more of the likeness of Christ, the more we are actually going to bear fruit and the more we will have an impact on the world around us. You see, what you have to understand, beloved, is this, that your spiritual life makes a difference not only to you but to the health of the whole body to which you belong. But you also have to understand that your spiritual life and therefore the health of the body to which you belong is going to affect the life of the world around us. Yes, locally first of all, but then our influence can spread far and wide beyond that because of all the ways we have of communication now. So it might seem an extraordinary thing to say, but nevertheless, it is true, your spiritual life, your relationship with Jesus, where you are in relation to Him, makes a difference to the world in which we live. It does. It's not just a question of, You having a nice relationship with God? Or God meeting the needs in your life? You see, if you are seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, you're seeking His rule and reign. But where? In the church? Yes, 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 of course He has to reign in the life of believers. But no, it's it's His reign in the world. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So how how can God extend His reign in the world? Only through those in whom He reigns. It's through us, through His kingdom within us. And we've seen in the last few days, His kingdom is within us. All the riches and all the resources of the kingdom are therefore available to us. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. Therefore, the whole life, the fullness of the life of Christ Is within us. These are enormous truths, but they're actually the very basic truths of what God has enabled us to be as those who belong to Him, as those for whom He died, those He has redeemed, those He has saved, those in whom He has come to live. You see the Christ in you, yes, of course he wants to bless you and and to see you transformed into his likeness. But he doesn't live in you to bless you, he lives in you to work in the world through you. That's the thing that we have to understand. If I if I look back on the life of my uh, of my ministry and Whatever God has done, it's purely and totally His grace because I of myself can do nothing. But I know many, many people within the church have been blessed in all kinds of ways. But what matters is the thousands of unsaved people that have been saved over those years. Because that's how the kingdom of God has been extended. And yes, what God has done within believers has been important because that has, if you like, improved the quality of the life of those believers so that they can make a greater impact on the world around. So that's the whole process of making disciples. But you see, it isn't that we just want to be good disciples. We want to do what those first disciples did and Jesus sent them out into the world he probably sent them out long before they felt they were ready to be sent out. And what he did was to send them out to do the very things that he was doing himself. Now, I'm not saying that we all immediately go out and do street evangelism and uh, one-to-one on houses. We are not actually able to do that during this time of lockdown. But I believe this this lockdown period is very precious for us Christians. Instead of resenting it, we need to say thank you, Lord, that you've given us this opportunity for you to be at work in us so that when lockdown ends, we are going to see an expansive move of your spirit, not because you're going to bless your church, but because we are going to make a difference in the world that just as the virus, which is an evil thing, has made an enormous difference to the world, now God is going to surpass that with something that is so good that it's going to bless the world. But how is He gonna do that? He's gonna do it through you and me. He's going to do it through believers. It's the only way that He has chosen to work in the world. And so God is giving us this period, this opportunity, where He can deal with us, where He can work within us, where He can cause those things that are not of Christ to pass out of our lives. And for us to be impacted by more and more what is of Christ. When I was praying yesterday about what God wanted to say this morning, and let me tell you, As I was praying, even up before I came onto the platform, I had not a thing, not a thing. And that doesn't worry me because I know that's when God says, don't worry, you just trust me, I'm gonna speak through you. So this isn't something that I've pre-prepared, but God did give me this word of what it means for us to be his body in the world what it means for each one of us and and so uh, I'll, I'll read this you will be bold when you need to be bold you will be sensitive when you need to be sensitive you will be obedient when you need to be obedient. You will be loving, when you need to be loving. You will be compassionate, when you need to be compassionate. You will be merciful, when you need to be merciful. You will be full of grace, when you need to be full of grace. And you will reveal my holiness and my glory when you need to reveal my holiness and my glory. Now, can you see that all those statements are outward looking? but we can only be all those things, bold, sensitive, obedient, loving, compassionate, merciful, full of grace, revealing the holiness and glory of God, if that is what He has worked in us. We cannot reveal to others what is not true of what is happening in our lives. There's no way that you can fake it Or you could speak words, but words that don't come from a heart or from a life that is living what is being expressed have very little or even no effect. But when those words and and when those those qualities of life are, are what are being experienced within those who speak and act, then something of God is flowing out. And that's exactly what Jesus Talk to, uh, of the way in which the Holy Spirit is to operate in our lives, that rivers of living water are to flow out of us. What does that look like in practice? Well, a river of boldness, a river of sensitivity, a river of obedience, a river of love, a river of compassion, a river of mercy, a river of grace, a river of holiness, a river of glory. And God is working all those things in our lives during these 21 days. He takes out of us, he deals with us, the fear that prevents the boldness. Being so concerned with self that we're not sensitive to the needs of others. Or the disobedience because we want our way instead of his way. Or the pride and selfishness that is a contradiction to his love. Or the tendency to judge and criticize instead of being compassionate. Withholding forgiveness instead of being merciful. how we judge by human values instead of trusting in the grace of God to flow out of our lives. And God dealing with all the unholiness and everything in our lives that is a contradiction to His glory. Oh, that's a process, that's a process that will go on for the rest of your life. But you see, God is dealing with those things taking out the negative and releasing more and more of the positive life and power of His Spirit within us. You see, the more the negative is removed, the more space there is for the positive. What God doesn't want is this conflict going on within us all the time where in our humanity, yes, of course, we, all, all those natural things, those natural feelings have to be denied. But Jesus said that. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me, that he who seeks to save his own life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. That's losing that life where what we're concerned about first and foremost is ourselves and and instead having our focus fixed on others. (laughs) I've been reading some uh, revival literature the last few days. And uh, one one of the people that I often turn back to is Charles Finney, who experienced amazing revival in his ministry in the 1800s. And I mean, it's no-nonsense stuff, because in times of revival, there's no compromise. There's no trying to please people. We're living to please God. And he said, if I can paraphrase a whole lot of things he said, let me tell you if I read it, Uh, you would probably say, wow. But what he is saying is this, that anybody who does not have a heart for souls that are lost and going to hell is not worthy of the name of Christian. He would go further than that. Anybody who is not living and making their lives available to God to have an impact on those that are lost and are facing a Christless eternity are not worthy of the name of Christian. Of course, we want to be blessed and God wants to bless us. But all my experience of revival has been when we are living to make Jesus known to those who don't know him. And yes, praise God that he works through things like Alpha Course, but it's not just having a few people come to the Lord through Alpha Course. we've got to think far beyond that. How if, if we let God take hold of our lives in the way that He wants, there's going to be such a dyna- dynamic of His Spirit amongst us that there's going to be a spiritual explosion. And that's not gonna be an explosion of a virus, it's gonna be an explosion of the life, of the love and the power of God gonna just pour out of us. Pour out of each of us as a river, pour out of of all of us like a flood. There's a scripture that I love in the Old Testament where it says that God will move like a pent up flood. You know, if you you imagine a, a dam that is holding back a great wall of water. And suddenly the dam bursts and the, and the water is, is just released as a mighty torrent. And there's a sense in which you see that is the way that God moves in times of revival. It's as if there's something been building up and building up and building up as God has been dealing with his people, as God has been dealing with his church, as God has been taking out those negative things, pouring in more and more of the life of his spirit as he's been transforming us more and more into the likeness of Jesus. That's building up, building up behind this dam and then suddenly the dam cracks and the dam bursts and the river of the, the streams, the flood of water, living water, flows out of the church. And that's when you see the fruit of God's dealing with us the fruit of that reviving process that God has been taking us through. Beloved, it's no use us saying, oh Lord, move like that, move like that. Oh, we want to see you move like a mighty flood. He says, well, I'll do that, but I'll do it through my children. Because that is the only way that he has chosen to work. Jesus came and shared the weakness of our humanity. He showed what it is possible for God to do through one man. Now, none of us reveals the perfection of Jesus in the way that he did. But together, we are the body of Christ. And together, God says, that is what I see my purpose for you to be. That each one of you contributing those specific ministries to which I call you, those ways in which I want you to serve me, that working together, that is to be the effect that you are to have on the world around you. Now look with me for a moment to these verses from Colossians chapter 3. Since then, now it, it, take this personally, God speaking to you. I mean, Paul at the time was talking to the church at Colossae. This is the eternal word of God. It's true all the time. So, Put yourself on the receiving end of this and and kingdom faith uh, and and, uh, all, all our congregations on the receiving end of these words. So the you is you personally, but the you is also you corporately as the body. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. On God's heavenly purpose, not on your purpose. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, where He's reigning in triumph and glory as we were praising Him earlier, so that now that reign will be here, it will be manifested on earth. Set your minds. On things above, not on earthly things. How much of our thinking is earthly rather than heavenly? Rather than focused around the will and the purpose of God. And then Paul makes this crucial statement. this, This is a verse of Scripture I speak over my life daily. For you died... When did you die? With Christ on the cross. That old, selfish, proud sinner that you were was put to death with Christ. You were crucified with Christ. And your water baptism signified that. You died. And your life is now, now, at this moment, hidden with Christ in God. He's not saying what will be when you've finished your life on this earth and you go to be with Him in glory. (laughs) He's saying, no, no, no. Now you have died. Now your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now. If your life is hidden with Christ, then what matters more than anything else in your life is Christ. What matters more than anything else is His will. That you fulfill the plan and purpose that God has for you in saving you and making you part of His body. The very reason why Christ has come to live in you. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Yes, the glory, the glory, the glory awaits us. But first, Christ is your life. Now, it's one thing to say we have the life of Christ. It's totally another thing to say Christ is your life. Or to put it personally, Christ is my life. All that matters to me is what He wants. I seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Christ is my life. Beloved, just imagine we in kingdom faith are a few hundred. I suppose if you put all our congregations together, 1,000, 1,200 people or so, including the other congregations, what impact would we make if it was true for every one of us in experience, not just in the Word of God, that Christ is our life? <clears throat> It'd be difficult for us to quantify that, wouldn't it? But I believe that what God has brought us to so far in this journey that we're taking with Him is what we began to do on Thursday night at the enc- uh, on Wednesday night at the encounter. beginning to cry out to God from our hearts. That we realize this is is all a heart matter. Where is my heart? Is my heart really on seeking the kingdom first? Is is my heart really on fulfilling the plan and purpose that God has for my life? Is my heart really in that place where Christ is my life? If not, then what else does God need to do in me to bring me to that place? I believe very much in the promises that God has made us because he's not a a God who would lie. He doesn't deceive us. He doesn't just sort of pat us on the back to encourage us and to keep us going. No, he's a God who's drawing us closer to himself because he knows the great and wonderful things that he is going to do through us. I've lived in times like that. And, of course, they're wonderful for us, but they're wonderful for all the other people that we're impacting and affecting. Even even often without realizing, without knowing that we're having that effect at the time. So, beloved, I, I just encourage you, keep in there every day with these daily devotions. If you haven't been following them, begin to follow them now. You can download ones that you've missed and go back over those if you wish. I want to finish by saying this to you, or I believe God is saying it, not me. God has given us a divine commission. to be his body here on earth. Not just to belong to his body, but to be his body. To be those who reveal Jesus, to be those who carry on with the ministry of Jesus. That's our responsibility, to fulfil that commission. Just look with me as, as we close at this other scripture from John 15. I am the vine. Now, again, put yourself on the receiving end of these words so that God is speaking to you personally. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me And I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But we're not apart from him. We're living in him. And he's living in us. And I believe with all my heart, by the grace of God, He will bring us to the fulfillment of everything that He has planned for us, both personally and corporately. So close your eyes now, will you? And just pray with me. Heavenly Father, what a mighty privilege you've given us to know that our lives and our life together can have such an impact on people in the world that instead of facing a Christless eternity, there will be many We even dare to believe a multitude of people who will belong to your heavenly kingdom. That, Lord, your purpose is that we have such a dynamic impact, such influence on the world around us, that many, many will come out of darkness into your light. Many will be saved, healed, delivered, set free, liberated by the life and power of your Spirit working in and through us. Thank you that this is what you have planned. And thank you, Lord, that you've given us these days when we can seek after you with all of our hearts. Where we can cry out for you, Lord, to set us free from anything in our lives that shames you and therefore shames us. Anything that grieves you, anything that is contradictory and alien to Your will and Your purposes for our lives. Thank You, Lord, that You're setting us free from those things. Thank You that a process of reviving is taking place within our hearts and lives as day by day we turn to You, day by day we surrender to You, day by day we submit our hearts and lives afresh to You. And thank you, Lord, that the anointing of your Holy Spirit will come ever more strongly upon our lives as you continue to take us through this process. Thank you for this precious time where you deal with us, move deeply in our hearts and lives where you show us that your plans for us are so much greater, so much better, so much more wonderful than anything we could have contrived for ourselves. That you are the God who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within us. And Lord, we want to see the outworking of that. Every single one of us, every single member of the body that nobody thinks He's an also-ran. Nobody is saying, I don't have a ministry. I don't have a purpose. God hasn't got a plan for my life. That none of us are thinking like that. That our hearts and minds are set upon things above. That we realise we have died with Christ. We have been given a new life, that we are now alive with Christ in God that Christ is our life. And I praise you, Lord, that by your mercy and grace, you will ensure that your plan and purpose for our lives is fully realized. Not by might, nor by our own power, but by your Spirit working within us. Now just be still for a moment. You might say amen, but what I want you to say from your heart to the Lord is, Lord, that's my prayer also. It's not just a prayer of Pastor Colin, it's my prayer, Lord. That's what I want in my life. And I thank you so much that you've saved me and that somehow simply through my loving obedience to you in whatever ways it's Perhaps seems so small, Lord, the things I do. But somehow, because I'm part of a body through which you will work, my life will make a difference. Yes, thank him for that. Thank him. Your life is going to make a difference to many other people. You don't have to understand how or why, just thank Him. Thank Him that there's going to be other people in heaven for all eternity because of what God did in and through you as a member of His body.